Come on, Melissa, run, run, Melissa. Gotta get there. You gotta get the ball quick. Come on. Come on, Melissa, shoot, shoot, Melissa. Oh my God, what a mess. Oh, come on, don't turn away from it. Keep it up, keep up, keep in it. Why is she so afraid? Why are you afraid, know. Melissa? Why are you so afraid? Come on, Melissa, run. Get there, Melissa. Get there faster. Oh my God, pass the ball harder. Pass, pass the ball. What's what's her name? That's is that Miranda? Oh, Miranda, Miranda. When you whenever Melissa has the ball, you gotta go to her. Okay, you gotta ask for the ball. Melissa, pass the ball to Miranda. Miranda, go! Come on, Miranda! Oh my Don't look this God, way! Keep girls. going! Come on, girls! Keep it up! Keep it up! Come on! Oh, shoot that ball! Oh my God! Come on, gotta get ahead in the game, Miranda! Who's throwing is it? Who's throwing is it? Is it... Who? What? I think it should be our throw-in. Is, is it our when they are on the ball last? Or? Yeah. Okay, yeah. it's our... Oh, it's yeah. our throw-in! Melissa, why don't you take it? Oh no? Okay, go down the line! Down the line! Come on, Melissa! Oh man, oh, I don't know what's going on. This is the culture of American parents watching games. We mm. were at the tournament, me and Kiro, this weekend. At one point, we were sitting and watching a game, enjoying the sun, but we heard parents constantly yelling these words. Is this encouraging or discouraging for a player that is nine years old yeah. girl? Yeah, I, it's got to be tough for the for the for the little girl. I feel bad for her. She's got all of this messages from her parents, all this shouting from the parents, all this shouting from the coaches, and she's still learning the game, right? So she she doesn't really understand any of it. Dude, she's nine years old. I know. Yes, <laughs> she's nine years old, and the coach is from the other side yelling something, and the six seven parents are on this side yelling. Yeah. Who is this girl? going to listen to i know she doesn't know she doesn't she you see they're turning around turning this way and that way should i look over here should I look over there they they can't focus on the game they don't make decisions for themselves but what's more insane is are the parents they are actually expecting some type of you know professional or fluid or yeah. good flow soccer you know what i mean like <laughs> why are they gonna pass each other and just shoot that ball in the corner. This is kids playing. Let them be kids. Let yeah. them have fun. You yeah. know. Yeah. Um, me and Carrie wants to encourage all the parents to be more positive. Right. Yeah. What the parents should do is encourage whenever there's a good pass, a good defensive play, offensive play, a good shot. Then stick up and cheer for your team. Cheer for your children. Good pass. Good pass, Melissa. Uh, keep that up. Keep up the good work. Exactly. Wait, good hustle. Exactly. Uh, but too many, too many orders, too many wannabe coaches, I'll say it, from the sidelines. Right. Doesn't help. Isn't, isn't good for the girls. It's it? not, it's not, it's not, Carrie. It's not. And it's, it's kind of like what a monster some parents could be. Yeah. And I know everything is with goodwill. It's with, yeah. you know, excitement yeah and they want to see their kids do the best right they can, yeah and they want to win they have a winning mentality right. which is natural but i think it hurts more than it benefits the girls i think so too so please stop with it welcome to oscotch and king soccer podcast show
King Soccer Podcast Show. Kerry, we were at a youth tournament this weekend. We were. We were. It was fun. It was. This was my first coaching, like I guess I'm going to say legitimate coaching yeah. experience with these girls. I've known them for a week now. Right? I got to see them in action in this tournament. You were new in the team. I am, yeah. I've been, I've been, been there a bit longer. I've been though. a bit longer, but I've been kind of alone this past month to uh, really try to take this 23 young girls, they are 10 years old. Yeah. They were born in 2007. I still can't believe that. You know what I mean? They, 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 they're so mean, right? I know. They're just small monsters. <laughs> <laughs> um, but how was it? How, Fun. It was very exciting. Uh, the first couple of games, the two teams are split up, right? Team right. The lead and premier. And the first couple of games, they played at the same time. So, And we were back-to-back, right? You were... You were coaching the elites in the field right next to me. Yeah, and we were like back to back. Back to back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, you could hear you could hear how it was going on my side, yeah. and I could kind of hear how it was going on your side. Yeah, <laughs> Kaylee said that uh, your wife yeah. said that while she was watching your game, she could hear all this screaming and chanting and cheering from uh, my game. <laughs> it was like right there. I <laughs> even heard when, so loud. I even heard when you. Team scored the second goal yeah. in the first game. I heard how everybody Everyone kind exploded. of exploded. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was, was that like a important goal? It was. It was. We were down three zero, and then we brought back one, and then we brought back another. Down to three two. I was really feeling we got this comeback going. Everyone oh, was man. excited. We had this momentum. It was important goal. Nice, nice. It's exciting to be on the sidelines, see. And coach and develop, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, for me, man, honestly, like I, I said this before, I'm gonna keep saying it. It's, it's. I wish I had someone with the same enthusiasm and soccer knowledge and experience that could support me when I was ten year old. Mm, kind of here. show me the details in in passing and moving, what to look for, and the kind of details in the technique. Mm. We have two teams, right? Right. We practice one team, but divided in two teams. Mm. One is called, which I'm not a big fan of, but one is called Elite and one is called Premier. Not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of it. I never, we never really had that in Sweden. You know, we always had like, we had two teams, but it was very much mixed. Mm. Like have a good team, better than other. Kind of came at the age of fifteen, maybe. Yeah, with uh, you know? me, that was. Actually, yeah, 13 was the first time I played on a, a team that was uh, like an A team and a B team, as we often right, say. Right, right. We didn't call right. it A team and B team. We called it like the white team is the our jersey color. So like the white team yeah. and the green team or something like that. Right. Or blue team and white team or something. Same with us. We had one yellow team and one black team. Yeah. And it was mixed. I think it was when we kind of came up to the 15 that it was me and DR that came 
started to play with the H above us. The rest kind of stayed behind. Mm. So we eventually started to practice with the, you know, one year older than us, and then eventually two year older than us, and we had natural progress instead of you know just sipping and eating like right, that. Right. I mean, don't can you not see into practices that they kind of get a bit sad or something that know, you know when we do we have to divide them. Yeah, I, I try to to. I've only been one practice, no, two practices yeah. so <laughs> yeah, far, true. but uh, true. I'd like to try to see if we could maybe. Uh, you know, get that out of their heads of the, that difference that this is clearly, even though there is a difference right. between them, you can look at them and you see that there is a difference between the two teams. But try to get it out of their head of that uh, you being on one team makes you better than the others, or you know, better like a better person or whatever than the others, or you're worse than the others. Because with enough work, then player on the lower team can get to the to that level of the higher team, right? And uh, and just as easily, if someone on the higher team doesn't work, that they don't pull their weight around, they could, you know, get down, drop down. So. We have to have that possibility in the teams, so we don't get some of the girls bored of the game and kind yeah. of less motivated. Yeah. But we are doing it because it is a big gap between the players on these two teams. Yeah, there is. Uh, I've never seen anything really like it. I mean, it might soccer environment that I've grown up in Sweden, it was pretty much everybody was relatively even in their in their soccer level. Obviously you had... You know, this this young age? Young age. Yeah, I don't uh, think so. Obviously you had um, talents. Yeah. You know, you had really good players that was best in their teams, but uh, uh, we're doing it because we don't want to prohibit the elite team's level. We make, want to make sure that they get the right development in the right pace but when we mix it we don't really get a flow mm. for for me it's all about getting a good flow because that's when we start getting quality yeah true true and it's it's important for the other team to be you know at their comfort level uh but at the same time once they go against the elite team then they 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 push their comfort level a little bit, which is important for them as well. So they get a little bit of both. both. They get they get their they're in an environment that's yeah. comfortable for them. Uh, both teams are in an environment that's comfortable for them. Yeah. But also they you know they they get some quality competition and practices and stuff. And also at this tournament they had they face some quality competition. They did. They did. So. And just keep in mind that we are doing the exactly same drills and exercises mm. for both teams in the practice. Yeah. So it's not like we're doing too advanced or too much favorable or for yeah. one team or another. We are working for the all 23 girls. Mm. Um, how did it go for the premier team? Uh, premier team, kind of, I'm going to say mixed. Uh, three games, uh, lost all of them, unfortunately, but especially in the first game, like I told you, where it really started a nice comeback, so there's something positive to build on. But uh, definitely a lot of work that needs to be done. Yeah. And they played, a, they played, like I said, some pretty good teams. There's some work to be that needs to be done, some fundamentals that need to be right. you know, repeated to go over. Uh, also, make sure they keep their like drive, keep up that mentality of, of getting better. And the, the, interest, and the interest. The right? interest, yeah. yeah. So... There were some positives that I could take from. Some players are, are promising players. Mm -hmm. uh, and they all have a good attitude, too. So Good, so. good. What we've been working on the entire month is 
three main things, right? We've been working on controlling the ball, look up for a pass, pass and move up, move to open space. Mm. So literally get that foundation of what can we do the pass in the concept of a game environment. So it's been a lot of possession game and a lot of possession game and playing because these girls are not playing outside the schools other than the practices. Right. We did that. I did that after school, even before school, you know, before practices. And I'm sure you did that too with friends. Mostly by myself, except during during school, like yeah. we were able to get, me and my best friend were able to get some people going during school and stuff. After school, I practiced by myself until it was time for But practices. you took your time to actually kind of go out and do a freaky, do yeah, a corner, definitely. Or, or pass a wall. Just about every day. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, but these girls are not doing it. Mm. So whenever they come to the practice, it is our job to let them play and understand it. And the Elite won the first game with 9-0, mm. and the second game 6-0. And uh, some of the parents were like, wow, okay, good scores, we never scored just this many goals, we never... But I'm more looking at, I'm not really looking at the score, I didn't even know actually, we won that much. Um, I'm not looking at the score, I'm looking at the technical performance and the decision making. That's what I'm looking at. Mm -hmm. You know, are they doing the right decision? Are they actually evaluating should I pass her or her? And you know what? I hold the ball and reset instead. That's kind of when you can see the girls are becoming very smart, right? And so did they were like this path this past month stuff that you've been working on, did you see it in the game? Did you see them that it registered with the girls and they implemented it in the game? Carrie, it's beautiful, man. It's so beautiful. I saw, I saw it's working. I think even the girls were surprised themselves that it's actually turned out to be that good. Mm. You know, we have the last game, right? The last game, and they won the, both games too. So it's two teams on six points each. So big game, big game to go to the final too. It's going to the final, yeah. right? And uh, if it would be a draw, they would win because they would have more goal. Uh, goal difference basically so what happened was we played good man we had the possession we had the we had the ball we even made the pass they were more or less kicking the ball and tried to go they had two girls that were so physical and hard that i got afraid that one of my girls would get injured, injured. yeah <laughs> dude they were so hard like slide tackling you know they were <laughs> tackling hard and uh, but they gave my girls a good lesson that they have to be physical too not too mean but to be physical we scored the first goal everybody went you know i'm not gonna say crazy but uh there was big excitement yeah. in the air and i could look over to the parents all right i'm looking over the parents and you know for the listeners that don't really know is like is when you play seven aside and the entire one side is full of parents. Right. Right? Mm. I mean, these coaches on the other side with their players. Yeah. But on the other side is just yeah, it's parents. separate. Parents side and coaches side. Right? Right. And uh, there was one parent from the other team that yelled something in 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 the right in next to one of our parents' mm. ear, right? Mm. And it got quiet. You know? I mean, I'm on the other side. I'm looking over there. And it got quiet. And these you 10 girls are like, don't know what to do. It's like throwing right by that side. And this guy acted like, uh, you know, 
douchebag. Okay. <laughs> you know, can I say that? Yeah. He he acted very bad, uh-huh. and it got quiet. So I'm looking over. <laughs> I'm looking over. It's like, what's going on? And some of the parents from our team went over to talk to this guy. I'm like, you know what? I need to focus on the game. So I brought the girls back into the right, game yeah, and yeah. kind of let them do it. But I'm surprised that this is actually happening at a U10 girls. Not not that our parents behaved bad. They they I can hear you know I can hear sometimes when I'm not saying anything, just look at the decision making of the girls. Mm-hmm. I can hear our parents encouraging. They say keep up the good work. Good shot. Well done. Okay, you know what? You can actually go a bit longer to the keeper, maybe. Mm-hmm. But they're not really interfering right. and like uh, do this and do that all the time. Yeah, I got so, that sense too from uh, the game we were together. Right. Right. So, so that's good. And that's something I've been trying to talk to the parents about. But there is some scary things that uh, some parents will do. Some yeah. parents will do. How was it when you were? kid and growing up in this culture and this environment when i was their age when i was these girls age since i was like 10 years old yeah uh i didn't play in as a as much of a competitive environment so they're playing much they're playing more competitive soccer than i did once i was there okay age. uh so maybe that, that was maybe one reason why i don't remember parents getting those it, it was all just encouraging good kick good pass good you know stuff that I don't really care about nowadays, but yeah. for, as a young kid, ten, nine-year-old, ten-year-old kid, that's what I—that's the sort of thing you want to hear that encourages you. As I got older and started playing more competitive, uh, uh, yeah, for occasionally you'd hear. We actually had one person, our team manager, who uh, uh, in in one of my teams that definitely you could hear him for like across like yeah. the other side like in the parking lot uh, he was loud he's a very funny guy i love him but uh you could he definitely you'd hear him you'd hear his voice and it wasn't luckily i think we were able to tune it out yeah. and just listen to our coach but uh he definitely you know he'd say he'd give some i guess commands like kind of act as a coach in a sense but he he knew when to like stop when to draw the line good there's one game though when when but there's one game where the parents were so into it arguing with pretty much everybody with other parents oh yeah with, this was on the other team with other parents with uh players with the referees with uh, not so much the coaches i guess but i think i was 15 but they were, got they, were very, all in it. they were very into it, it was so heated and one of the parents ended up getting thrown out wow uh, yeah so that happened once or twice but it's a bit frightening, even though yeah, you're this 15, is pretty scary. Yeah. 15, it's a bit frightening yeah. to see that. It is. It's this little, it's, it kind of adds to the drama. Yeah. And honestly, I like the drama in I sports. I mean, at one point, you got to come, come too. Yeah, exactly. But it is definitely a bit too far. And I, I worried for my parents, because my parents luckily don't, they didn't like shout orders or anything mm. like that, particularly because they didn't know any. So they wouldn't, <laughs> they didn't, wouldn't know what to say. So they just kept it nice and encouraging and such. Uh, and they learned, though. But I was frightening for my I was frightened for my parents. I didn't know how they would handle True. all the other parents around them getting all riled so up. So what and did such. they do then? When that sort of stuff happens, my mom they'd either try to ignore it. Yeah. Uh, sometimes my mom tries to like to defuse the situation, just like okay, calm down, sit down. She's the peacemaker. Yeah, she's the peacemaker for sure. Your dad is not the one that 
fuels it up. No, not at all. My dad will just... He's uh, very calm? Very, very calm. Yeah? Yeah, my dad will sit and ignore it. <laughs> uh, and that sort of thing, which is good. I think yeah, fine, so. yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't really remember any specific time where the parents went crazy, you know? Uh, you, but you read it all the time and you hear it all the time. Yeah. Um, I've definitely seen this type of behavior from fans in the senior level. When you play in the senior team and they're importing games, sometimes the games are, you know, coming up to the next division. Mm. It's very important games, cup games, and the fans can go really, really bad. But when you look at the youth system, we need to have more encouraging attitude, more positive yeah. attitude. Yeah. Um, I found this article from 2015 that was written by, uh, what's his name again? That was written by Scott Pugh, okay? Mm-hmm. And um, he's kind of on the same page as what me and you trying to implement at this team. Talking about parent behavior on the sidelines of youth games and such. And also how coaches should talk to the players right. and uh, kind of act, right? Mm. Um, I, will st- I will stick to this, mm-hmm. that I want to give the players the confidence to be comfortable with the ball, with make give them room to make error. Yeah. And I cannot do it by pointing fingers and being hard and yelling them in a military style. And in this article, he says, he writes, The research is clear that shouting from the sidelines during a match is counterproductive to our real goals. Trevor Brooking is responsible for development of English youth players as the technical director for FA. He describes how Manchester United has evolved. The philosophy is to let them discover it themselves. The old vision of the coach shouting to do this or do that has gone. What they have realized at United is the best coaching for youngsters is about standing back. This theory is supported by the research of Ryan Kennekens, who demonstrated that players who are allowed to develop superior decision-making skills in their informative years are the ones who progress the farthest in the sport. Mm. What do you think about that, Kerry? I think that's very uh, true. It makes sense to me. Once they're once a young nine-year-old, ten-year-old kid is, you know, getting slammed uh, by parents and coaches and not slammed, like insulted or anything, but, you know, they're receiving all these messages. They don't know what to do. They can't get comfortable. And like you just said, you yeah. want you're, what you're all about. And I agree is uh, making sure that these kids are comfortable once they get the ball. Um, they feel comfortable about making a decision, whether it's the right decision or wrong decision, but making a decision and being confident about it. And if it's wrong, then it's wrong. Then they'll learn. Yeah. Uh, but they can't get comfortable with the game, let alone just with the ball, if if they, they're feeling all this pressure from the sidelines, from the parents and coaches. And the pressure is not the same as technical ability. You know what I'm saying? Pressure is something that comes from the outside. It's not from the inside. But when you have too mm. much things coming from the outside, it can kind of interrupt what grows in the inside. What we are trying to actually build is the love for the game. 
the passion for the game, yeah. a winning mentality, a interest to the game, to study players. And, you know, with hard enough work and luck, maybe we can maybe we can develop good soccer players. I heard that one parent screamed at one of my players during the game, and two other players looked over to the sideline. Then they shot the corner, came in, bounced out, and this girl just took this hard half volley shot in the far post. Yeah. Okay? Really hard. I mean, never, it's, it was amazing to see this girl like <laughs> take this shot, you know, it was clean hits in the far <laughs> post. Nothing really could, I don't think we could have saved it, but it was a bit irritating to see that two of my girls looked over the sidelines because they heard one of the girls' yeah, name. Right. And, uh, and uh, the game ended 1-1. Mm. Okay? And the other team went to the final which was a very, very disappointment for our girls. Yeah. And uh, after the game, you know, I'm also pretty new, right? But after the game, I wanted to bring it in and do one, two, three wolves, which we usually do before the games. And we did that afterwards, and everybody was like, one, two, three, wolves. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> no did it. heart in it. Nothing, nothing. Uh. And uh, we usually run to the parents and thank you for the support. Mm-hmm. But they just walked. And while we were in this huddle or in this group, I could see, man, how um, like six or seven of the girls is about to cry. They're distraught. Big yeah. time. Like two are already, the tears are running from their faces down their cheeks. But five, six other girls are about to cry. Like if I would give them a hug, they're going to burst into cry, man. They're going to burst into tears. And uh, I realized kind of like that this might be one of the, this is a big disappointment that they experienced in their soccer life. Mm -hmm. I'd also say this could be a defining moment in their young soccer career. They've got this disappointment. This is good experience. They played well, but they've still faced, uh, faced the disappointment. Yeah. Uh, and clearly they didn't like that feeling, so they're gonna. I I feel confident that we can now get them once we go to practice this week. Yeah, exactly, we're gonna see such motivated, yeah. driven girls, inspired, inspired. Yeah, love for the game. Absolutely, they're they're not gonna want to feel this again. They definitely going to hate to lose now. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to follow up with this. I know. I'm, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's beautiful to see these girls develop their emotion. I see the emotion to come forward mm. when they score, when they lose, when they do something good, or some, when they learn something and they get that feeling. And one way we're not only their coaches for the soccer, but we're also their emotional coaches too. Yeah. And hopefully, together with the parents and the club and what we do, we can create small, tiny, beautiful, good-playing monsters, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Can I clear my conscience if I'm different from the rest? Do I have to run and hide? I never said that I want this. This burden came to me and it's made its home inside. Touch isn't talking
because no, it's this weekend, right? I know, man. It's great news. It's exciting. It's so exciting for the start of the MLS season, the start of Atlanta United's first official game this Sunday. This is huge. 40,000 tickets are sold. Yeah. And the entire city I'm talking about, what should we tailgate, what should we do before, mm. different invitations coming into my Facebook all the day long. Yeah, we've been, we've been uh, talking to, receiving texts from some people we play with on Tuesdays, right? where we're going to meet up, everyone's going to go to the game, we're going to tailgate, can't wait. I'm going to go with Kaylee, are you going to be... Probably with my mom, probably. Yeah, and we're all going to probably find each other yeah. and, and go to the stadium at the same time. Mm. Um. This is huge, man. I remember being at the launch party for MLS franchise in yeah. downtown. And they announced that we will have a new MLS team, a new soccer team. The soccer community went super happy. I know. And it started growing instantly from then, too, didn't Big it? Big time. We, we, what we didn't know was the name. No. And the name is Atlanta United, which a lot of people is not really agreeing with. Nah. Especially the beginning. Yeah, especially the beginning. But... It, some people want a bit more of a unique name, not quite, you know, follow the model that European names are. But as the as time moved on, like me, I was one of those people. But now I don't particularly care about the name. I don't care. <laughs> I pretty. I actually think is a good name. I mean, it's Atlanta. You know, we are united. We yeah. are together. Yeah. We are in this together. Yeah. And uh, and that's what they were going for once they chose the name. And the people around the club are very professional, and they want to create a top professional environment and sports organization yeah and uh, they have influences from outside so i i agree with it man and it's going to be beautiful to be there we will we're gonna be there i'm gonna bring my jersey Atlanta United jersey Ooh. i'm also gonna wear my new york red bulls uh jacket <laughs> because you are a red bulls fan yeah man. i've been a red bulls fan since since i've been a fan of soccer so uh, you gotta be conflicted. I'm a bit conflicted, yeah. I'm hopefully not gonna, I mean, I wanna root for Atlanta, but I also wanna root for the Red Bull, so. I'm gonna go in there and just, hopefully just go in with a mindset to just enjoy the game. Just not worry, get too stressed out about it. But, uh, I wish this wasn't the first game. <laughs> I wish it was like maybe some other game, but. You're special, man. You're I special. guess so. That's gonna be a special experience for you, and also a special experience for me. Uh, have live soccer professional watched in my new hometown. Yeah. And it's going to be nice, You're going to follow MLS more? I'm definitely going to follow MLS more than last year. Mm. I think I will have your help oh, some, yeah. some way, too. No I mean, problem. You are pro. I'll probably give you too much help. I think so, <laughs> but, you know, I'm open to it. It will be a time where Premier League, La Liga, and other European soccer is not going on. Right. Only prob- only MLS. Like the summer. The summer. The summer, right? It's yeah. only going to be MLS and Swedish outside. Exactly. There you go. So let's exchange some, some cultural soccer, right? Sounds good to me. All right, man. Let's do a recap because I want to hear how your prediction went from this Champions League. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. I'll go first. The two games I well, uh, predicted were uh, Juventus-Porto. Yeah. Uh, I think I said Juventus would win that 1-0 mm-hmm. in Porto. And I was right they won. They only won 2-0. Or I think they won 2-0 rather than 1-0. Well, but, so one point to you. One point to me. And then I went out on the limb with Sevilla hosting Leicester. I thought Leicester would pull off a miracle and get a tie. I still thought so. I said 1-1. In the end, Sevilla ended up winning 2-1. So no points for me there. 
But uh, this could be a big second leg. I think some of the players at Leicester play good. Morris was pretty deadly on one and one. Wardy came close to his, you know, national team level that he had so? last year. Okay. But he, he scored. He scored one goal. Yeah. Kasper Schmeichel did a lot of saves. He was great. Yeah. He would play good. But Sevilla, man, they had a really good team effort in this game. They did. They were. They. You could tell they knew their mentality, what their goal was, their style of play, and they implemented it. They were look so. They were so fun to watch. They looked so good. But uh, what about your two games? The two games you predicted. I had Manchester City Monaco, and I predicted two two. It was actually two two at one point of the game. But it ended five to three to Manchester City. A wild game. Wild game, man. I, I said Kunagura would score, Falcao would score, and yes, they scored two goals each. That Falcao chip over the goalie, that was man, amazing. That was sublime. You know, there was long pass, and it was between Falcao and John Stones yeah. one and one, and Falcao did it, man. Pass, it went out muscled Stones. Yeah, and then. What a chip. From inside the box. So yeah. close to the keeper. Yeah, exactly. Too. That's what makes it so great. I was so close to the keeper. We got that much height on it. I think we looked at each other and looked like two stunned emojis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I actually didn't get any point from that game. Nope, nope. The other game so was... So I'm winning so far. You're winning so far. Yes. Two to one. The other game was Bayer Leverkusen and Atletic Madrid. And I thought Atletic Madrid would win three to one. And... Uh, what the final score was forty-two. Yeah. So I had it right there. Yeah. Uh, so only one point though. So me that and you are tied. we tied two-two. Two. So we gotta do this prediction next time it's Champions League. Yep. And we will see who will be the final winner, right? I think so. What else has happened in Europe, Kerry? Let's see. Going. Let's go to. Uh, uh, let's go to France. Nice. Big game. PSG and Marseille. Like it's like like classique, right? Mm-hmm. Big mm-hmm. rivalry. And PSG dominated, I think, 2-0 or 3-0 was the final score. Away or home? At Marseille. Okay. So, uh, away. Uh, it's kind of disappointed for, for Marseille. But uh, PSG, just too strong. Uh, in form? They're in pretty good form. They t- I remember they tied 0-0 after the Barcelona game. But they got right back to it. Uh, Pastore with a nice assist to Cavani. But PSG are in second place. Still, I think, three points behind Monaco. Where else? Let's go. Where do you want to go to next? Tell me. Um, I know that the Spanish league is getting very exciting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Barcelona at that Juma trip played this weekend. Yeah, big game. Messi stepped up. He did. He scored the final goal, right? Yeah, the winning goal. They needed it too. Barcelona played pretty well for a lot of that game. Uh, pressure from Atletico at times, especially in the beginning, I saw. Barcelona just grew into it and real professional performance. Messi, Neymar, and Suarez haven't really been. All three of them haven't really been too convincing. Mm-mm. Neymar and Suarez still not convincing that this game. But Messi stepped up, like you said, and proved to be the match winner. I don't like that he's not playing Arda Turan in the role that he's supposed to play. I sh- I think he would. Where do you think that role is? I mean, that's in Neymar's position, man. You think so? I think he plays too too low on the field now. You gotta give Arda a a, a bit more free roll from the side, ah. and uh, it's a shame. As a as a as a Turkish guy, is a I want to see Arda Turan to play more often. Obviously, sure. um, cool. Also against Atletico Madrid too. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Important 
win for Barcelona because that meant that they came to the first position. They did, yeah. For at least momentarily, they overtook Real Madrid to put some pressure on them, which Definitely. was good. Real Madrid had a big game of their own mm-hmm. away to Villarreal, another right. tough team, and uh, re- proved to be quite the game. But uh, well, I think Villarreal were 2-0 up, I believe. Yeah, they were point. 2-0 up um, and uh, started to become very, very stressful for Real Madrid now. Bet, yeah. And uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, Bale, they equalized, and then a nice hard cross from Carvajal into the box and Alvaro Morata 3-2 mm. and you Big could see win. the joy in the Real Madrid players that's good because they just came off of a loss to Valencia so they needed a they quick needed response that. they needed that it's good that um, they, they got it and you also have uh, Sevilla that does good in that yeah, way Sevilla are I think only three points I think behind Barcelona interesting There's one point behind Real so it's a nice tight yeah. race in Spain yeah. keep follow La Liga now because every game it's almost like a final. Yeah. So please follow that. If one team loses and drops points, it could mean that they lose the title too. Yeah. So keep updating yourself what's going on in Spain. In Germany, something very surprising happened and that was that Bayern Munich won 8-0. <laughs> oh, wow. They won. They won. They Who would won. have thought they won? Guess what Arjen Robin did? What did he do? He scored with his left foot from the right side. He did? I, I know. Can you believe that? I have never seen that. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, that ended up being the eighth goal. <laughs> wow. Uh, but yeah, Bayern completely dominated. <laughs> uh, I noticed that their fans, Jesse, they, their fans, they have some good fans, but it's like, They've reached that stage where they just expect to dominate every game. So the fan, it's almost like a pedestrian sort of atmosphere with the fans. Almost like they're watching a training training uh, game. Wow, like and, a friendly game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and to be fair, that's partially on Hamburg for not stepping up for not stepping up and putting any pressure on Bayern. I mean, psychologically, it can't be easy to see a team like Bayern Munich scoring two goals on you and then have early in the first half. Early in the first half, and then try to come back to the game yeah. and, and, and win it. it it's not easy yeah. and uh, I guess it's not becoming that much show anymore to the audience either. I know. Yeah, 8-0 you had this reaction I know yeah I don't really like to see that per- I don't like to see that personally Yeah, it's, it's a shame other clubs are trying to put pressure on Bayern uh, Leipzig won today or this weekend 3-1 to one. Dortmund are still trying to reach top form but they won as well, 3-0. Uh, but they're still, I think, 13 points behind. Leipzig are five points behind. Uh, that's Germany. Uh, hopefully, they, Leipzig can continue to make it a big you know, race, a I, race. I want I want Leipzig to go all the way. Me too. Emil Forsberg. Emil yeah. Forsberg. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, one of the best midfielders in Bundesliga. Swedish player, number 10. He's been doing really good. You can see that he enjoys his game. And he's playing very natural and relaxed on that field. It's pretty beautiful to see a Swedish player after Slata Ibrahimovic. That's well, Germany, man. Take me that. somewhere else. <laughs> Take me uh, somewhere else. Let's go to one more place. We have to go to England. Definitely. And uh, there was the league returned after an FA Cup break last week. And uh, Chelsea won again. <laughs> They're just... They won against Swansea, three right, to one. Right. Fabregas okay. with a pretty good goal, team goal. It looked a little sloppy, but it was nice passing, ball movement. 
between Fabregas and Hazard and Pedro. Uh, they ended up Fabregas scoring. And uh, Pedro scored a nice goal, kind of like Robin-esque cut inside from the right. Mm-hmm. And he just curled that ball with his left foot into the far post. Uh, nice. Great finish. And then uh, Diego Costa scored with Fabregas, uh, not Fabregas, Hazard making a nice run down the left. Yeah. And then cutting it back to Costa, who volleyed it, I think, with his left foot, uh, I think. Uh, good finish. Good finish. But a uh, good win for Chelsea. Tottenham. One what, four zero four to one. Harry Kane free goals. Yep, Harry Kane with a hat trick um, over Stoke that put Tottenham in second place. Yeah, at least momentarily with Leicester and Liverpool and Arsenal and Manchester City yet to play. See a Tottenham that puts Tottenham into second place, fifty three points um, tight between places two and six. A couple other teams are yet to play, but we'll see if we'll see if Tottenham can keep that up. And uh, maybe pose a challenge to Chelsea. So how many points is it between Chelsea and Tottenham? Uh, that would put it at 10 points between the two. 63 for Chelsea, 53 for Tottenham. Unlikely Tottenham will make something of it, but maybe. Regardless, it's going to be it's a tight top four race. So you have already called out Chelsea as the winners then? Yeah. You have? I have. Man. I hate doing that. I know. I, I know. I, I am. It, it feels hard to hear it. I mean, especially when Arsenal has fifty points. I know. Yeah. But I mean, what are you gonna do? Chelsea are the only team that showed any consistency this year. What can I say, man? I yeah. appreciate your honesty. Yeah. One more big game happened in England this weekend, Oz. That was the EFL Cup final, Manchester United and Southampton at Wembley. Big game. And uh, I think you can guess who came up big, huh? Oh, man. My man did it, huh? Is he your man? Oh, He's I, didn't my man I didn't know man. you liked him. He's my friend. He's <laughs> my role model. He's my hero. He's my... I can almost say that he's my Bible. Oh. He's my coach. He's my guidance. Ibrahimovic mm. scored in this final. Open up with a free kick. Yeah. 1 nice 0. Free nice free kick, too. He's not that close either. He's a bit far, right? Mm, no, it's a good distance. Good distance. But he got a lot of power in it over the wall. Good free kick. It was a really good free kick. Ibra, Ibra, Ibra. 2-0 yeah. by Jesse Lingard. Yep, yep. United are cruising at this point. They have it on. It's almost safe now, but it changed. It did. What happened? Southampton came back. Gabbiadini, great acquisition from mm-hmm. Napoli. Mm-hmm. Got them back uh, with one goal. And they had they had one goal that was disallowed, but uh, it should have been should have been it should have counted for right? offside. Gabbiadini had a goal disallowed for offside. Shame, but it shouldn't have been. It should have been a good goal. But Southampton started to really push. They did United, didn't they? Bring it back from two down to two two, and uh, it's exciting now. I know you think you think going late in into the last five minutes, you think this is going into extra time, maybe penalties, right? But then then across from Herrera into the box. 
and almost like in the FIFA game, Ibrahimovic goes up in the air and just heads that ball in and just open with his arms, goes to the crowd and just gets within his teammates. And they probably know at that point that they are so close to win this trophy. I know. They might they might even be thinking they've already won this trophy. Yes. Southampton had to have been yes. completely yes. deflated at this point. Having worked so hard to get back into it, having had a goal disallowed, and then you're thinking, this isn't going our way with a, a goal that late. Slatan is like a monster, dude. I know, I know. It's Two like goals a monster. In the final. Uh, how many, what, this was... 32 final uh, uh, trophies for him, I believe. Indeed, indeed, man. Wherever he's been at, he's been winning. Yeah. In Ajax, Juventus, Inter, at Barca, at Milan, at PSG, and Manchester United. All right. I want you to repeat the clubs that he has been playing at <laughs> and won trophies again. Repeat it slowly. Ajax. Juventus, Inter Milan, Barcelona, AC Milan, Paris Saint-Germain, and Manchester United. We're talking about one of the top, top clubs in Europe, in the world. Yeah. And he's been at all these clubs and winning and each year showing how he is. He's very unique, man. He's carried United this year. He does. He really has. He's carried it. He, all yeah. their success so far has largely been because of him. I mean, do you think uh, do you think the team is built around him? I think so. Yeah. Once they bought him, I think he was uh, a major a major figure for their plans this season. I think they definitely built the team around him and uh, maybe Pog Pogba as well. Perhaps Ibra has for sure carried this team. They're one of the top scorers, I think. The second goal was his 26th goal in all competitions this season. So nice. far, only in February. Nice. That's pretty good. Nice. Pretty good. I mean, I followed his career from the beginning, from Manda FF. And after this goal this weekend, I literally called DR and I was like, I can't believe what he is achieving. I can't really not comprehend it now. Mm-hmm. Like, I cannot really understand it because... We have followed a lot of champions in our days, right? We've seen a lot of good players come up, a lot of good strikers. Yeah. But this is something that we have never seen. This is something that is really on top of any normal level that we are used to. And I'm not just saying that because he's Swedish and he's someone that I admire. But come on, man. 32 career trophies uh, at 32 at all sorts of top clubs I mean if you look at other top players that had good careers too in one way Robin van Persie okay good you know? career good goal scorer good goal scorer but what is the trophies where are the trophies uh, he, he cannot really Brag. And when we look back at Van Persie's career, now he's playing at a team like Fenerbahce. Mm. A guy that was captain for Arsenal, right? Mm. Was captain for Arsenal that decided to lead to the rivalry and had a good one, two seasons. Nothing really came out of it. No. You have oh, yeah, one trophy, I think. One trophy. One, two, maybe one. one trophy. He went for one. He went for trophies. He won the first year yeah. and, and goal scorer. So he did that good, but. There's so many players that 
not keeping that consistent. And there is something very interesting in Ibrahimovic winning mentality that even in warm-ups, he hates to lose. Mm-hmm. It's all about winning. It's all about performing. It's all about showing the no-sayers that he can do it to prove them wrong. And this is what triggers him. Yeah. Yet he hasn't won any Champions League, True. Euros, True. or World Cup. True. But he still has extraordinary countries. So yeah. I kind of want to ask you now, Kerry, if you can come up with one or two players that has maybe done it all. You know, like Let's see. throughout the careers, played in top clubs, uh, maybe even won the big trophies that is possible for a player to win. Let's see. Um... There aren't a lot of players. I mean, there are players that have won a lot of trophies, but someone that's been a single player that like, has been so consistent no matter what team he's played for, uh, always delivered and been successful. There's uh, not a ton of them out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll throw out, I'll throw out Ryan Giggs. Okay, like that he only played for Manchester United, but uh, I mean, the most successful player I think in English football history. Oh yes. Um, 13. 13 Premier League titles with Man United. Four FA Cups, four League Cups. That's 21 tight trophies right there. Plus, he's won the Champions League twice. Good. Uh, Good. Super Cup, UEFA Super Cup, the Club World Cup, the UEFA, or the uh, Intercontinental Cup. Ryan Giggs has done a lot too, especially for being at one club for so long. Yep. And then you have someone like Sirov that played for clubs like Ajax. Real Madrid, Milan, and he actually has four Champions League titles. Yeah, wow. Four. <laughs> you know, a couple of uh, a couple of uh, La Liga and Serie A, but four, man. When I separate Seedorf from someone like Messi, mm-hmm. who also has four, uh, yeah. is the fact that he did it with, and it's someone like Ryan Giggs as well. See, like Ibra did it with multiple clubs. Always proved that consistency for a couple decades. Right. <laughs> uh, with Ajax, M- Milan, Real Madrid, he was always there on top, always in in, in position to win trophies. So that's another good one, Sadarf. How about how about Fernando Torres? Mm, okay, I'd say this is interesting because okay. uh, he's won a lot of stuff. Torres hasn't he? He has. He hasn't yeah. always played that great though, but he's always still been with the you know and the teams that that have won Champions League titles, that have won Europa League titles or Premier League titles. I mean, what uh, clubs has he played for? Uh, Atletico Madrid, uh, Liverpool, Chelsea, uh, who else? Milan. Exactly. So he's played for some big clubs. Uh, most successful with Chelsea. I mean, he was he he was... He was really good when he came to Liverpool. Liverpool yeah. You know, that transfer was... Kind of the start of um, the big era of like Spanish soccer. It actually in the world. was the biggest transfer fee, highest transfer fee for a Spanish player. And going to Chelsea was. Was he uh, yeah. went from Liverpool to Chelsea? Yeah. Uh, he, once he went from Chelsea, he didn't play that great. Like you said, he was great at Liverpool. For some reason, once he went to Chelsea, something happened and he just really died off. But he won Europa League and he won the Champions League with Chelsea. He did. But really, was great at Torres was his international career, wasn't it? It was the international w- career with Spain. Yeah. But keep in mind that at even though how bad he kind of performed over his career at Chelsea, 
he still made that crucial goal against Barcelona in the semifinals. Yes. He yeah. made that important goal that took Chelsea all the way to the final. Yep. Defensive header from carrying the Spanish national team mm-hmm. had got him, him a Euro championship yep. gold medal yep, yep. and World Cup medal a World Cup medal and then another Euros medal He, but going back to what you said about Barcelona or the Barcelona game it showed that he was one even once he played poorly he'd come up with a big goal like he right. had that big goal exactly. against Barcelona and remember in the Euros in 2008 he scored the goal in the final to win it for Spain. Dude, so. he was man of the match in 2008. Yeah, right. He was the man of the match, picked as the man of the match. And so Fernando Torres has incredible, incredible honors and medals, yeah, right? Pro- great trophy captain. He is. He probably yeah. almost like an entire world of like medals. Mm. Uh, you go from Champions League, Europa League, you go to, you, you have Euros twice. Yeah. And World Cup. <laughs> And he also been to twice in the Champions League final with yeah, Atletico, Atletico Madrid Man. and lost it. Man. He, he it's it's definitely a disappointment to lose it. Remember the last year when they lost, he started to cry. Yeah, yeah. It was hard for him. I know, but his boyhood club Atletico Madrid. I mean, they thought they would. They thought they were in it. They had win it. it. Had it, yeah. and, and they were close to it, and it was a draw at the end. Yeah. And it was a big disappointment for the entire staff and even Simeone. Mm-hmm. Uh, how amazing would it have been if they would have scored at the last minute? It would be I so know, nice, right? right? <laughs> I mean, dude, that's how I felt at the last five minutes at the tournament this weekend. Yeah. We were so close with chances and chances. We went on rebound. We missed the goal. All the parents were excited. I was excited on the side. That you know what we're so close to make the, go to the final, and uh, like I told you, we got a draw. Isn't that doesn't that make the draw that much more disappointing too? Yes, you're so close. You played well. You were winning at some point, and even when they tie it, you still have so many chances to score. That makes it tough to take. It's really tough to take. It's tough to take for the players for right. sure. I was very proud of how they how mm. they did. Good and. Uh, 
but for them, they haven't really developed their bad losing or lose with respect or even handle disappointments like this. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Fernando Torres. He's won a lot of stuff, Torres, hasn't he? He has had, right? I mean, once he finished his career, he can look back at the memories from Liverpool, the memories from Chelsea, the memories from the Spanish national team winning two Euros and the World Cup. Yeah. And plus, he has a Champions League, too. I know. (laughs) But it was still hurtful to see him cry after the Champions League losses in the final. With Atletico? Yeah. 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 Uh, Tough for him, Uh, especially the way he lost it. They were both cruel ways of giving up a goal in the a tying goal in the last minute yeah first one and then uh uh, penalties on the second one that's rough i know that's that's tough to take tough to to swallow uh that's a big disappointment yeah i mean especially after he's won it too right i mean he knows the joy the glory the enjoyment that comes with this trophy what it really means to lift it right. with your teammates, and now you actually have to watch this happen, mm. you know, twice. <laughs> you know, that's a big disappointment. Um, but he, he, he can, like I say, look back to in a very beautiful career, Fernando Torres. Uh, something that is pretty equal to Champions League, but in the movie scene, is yeah. Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, yeah. And... Uh... Oscars were this weekend, weren't they? They were, they were. Uh, but didn't all run super smoothly. Something it, happened. Something happened, yeah, the Oscars. And, uh, it's embarrassing. But it's intense. I know, but like a Champions League final, tense Champions League final, especially yeah. one with two arch rivals, right? With right. Like Atletico and Real Madrid. Who's going to win? Right, there's going to be some controversy. And during the, the award for the best picture, yes. uh, basically the best movie of the year, one guest went up to announce the winner, and uh, La La Land was announced, and this was made big news around, <laughs> especially around this country, probably around the world. Uh, La La Land was announced, but you could see the sort of hesitation in the eyes of the of the guest that was giving the award. Uh, La La Land was announced, and they all went up. The delegation went up, accepted their award. Uh, everyone cheered and clapped, applauded them. They they started their speeches. They thanked everyone that was close to them, that made it possible, as they do in the Oscars. Their parents, their friends, uh, everyone around them. Uh, the first person did this, and then the second person came up. And the same thing. It supported or thanked everyone that supported <laughs> him. Uh, this went on for a few minutes. The third person went up, and uh, you can see they're all congratulating each other they're crying Emma Stone is crying behind them and uh, the third person went up same thing but then something happened where the the guest that that gave them the award in the first place came back up and I well, guess there was a confusion there was a confusion yeah the confusion. something was wrong and you could see in the back everyone looking around what's going on what's happening they're confused yeah. uh, there was a murmur around the back and they're like whispering. They are. <laughs> and uh, it turned out that La La Land, the delegation for La La Land, got the news that there had been a mistake. 
and, and they did not win. They didn't win. They didn't win after they'd all all these speeches. All these speeches. They said all those speeches. And the win it was Moonlight. Moonlight. And <laughs> everyone thought it was a joke once it was announced that sorry, this was a mistake. La La Land didn't win. Moonlight has actually won Best Picture. And people they had to stress this isn't a joke. Uh, and the producer for La La Land said it's been a mistake. Moonlight is the winners. And then he took the paper and turned it and showed show it to yeah. the camera. And uh, that's a disappointment. <laughs> that's, quite the dis- that's such a strange anticlimax. Yeah, anticlimax. Anticlimax sure. right there. And the producer for La La Land actually took this disappointment so amazingly yeah. great. Yeah. Let's hear it. The Academy Award for Best Picture. You're impossible. Come on. La La Land. La La Land has 14 Oscar nominations this year and is tied for the most nominated movie in Oscar history, winning seven Oscars. Production design, cinematography, original score, song, directing, actress, and best picture. Thank you. Thank you all. Um, thank you to the Academy. Thank you to Lionsgate. Thank you to our incredible cast and crew. We're all up here right now. Matt Pluff, you kicked this off. And Damien Chazelle, we're standing on your shoulders. We lost, by the way, but, you know. I'm sorry. No, there's a mistake. Moonlight, you guys won Best Picture. Moonlight won. This is not a joke. This is not a joke. I'm afraid they read the wrong thing. This is not a joke. Moonlight has won Best Picture. Moonlight, Best Picture. I think you guys should keep it anyway. Oh, it's fine. I'm sorry. Guys, this is uh, very unfortunate what happened. Personally, I blame Steve Harvey for this. I would like to see you get an Oscar anyway. Why can't we just give out a whole bunch of them? I'm going to be really proud to hand this to my friends from Moonlight. That's nice of you. That's very nice. I am so excited about Atlanta United game this weekend against New York Red Bulls. We have a big game ahead of us. 40k people at the stadium, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun, Kerry. And uh, I'm beyond excited. I don't think I need to even say that. <laughs> it's going to be nice, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm also excited to uh, this weekend before that game. We're going to have first game of the season for our girls that we're coaching. Yes. Uh, I like. I mean, can't wait to get back to practices this week and to move on. See how everyone moves on from this tournament this weekend. It was a it was a heavy heavy draw that didn't take us to the final, 
you could see the disappointment in the girls they started to cry but I feel like we will take this disappointment and create a motivation out of it and try to get the best for the girls mm, me too. right yeah I mean me and you Kerry me and you I feel like we have a good coaching partnership that we will keep encouraging the girls we will keep being positive mm-hmm. we will keep give them the chance to do errors and we will be the opposite of what the majority of parents are doing yeah we don't want to put too much pressure on them or you know frighten them in a way scare them away from the game we, we don't want, want them to have confidence and be comfortable around the game right is that a manchester united philosophy for the youth yeah, for sure so we kind of sure. bring it that to our club then i think so we're making our club ddy manchester united <laughs> <laughs> the podcast is going well people are liking it we're yeah. getting more and more listeners every day yeah more to come more to come uh we're more po- content to come uh, we, we also have good guests and soccer players they're going to be on the show that we're going to see how it is from a soccer player's perspective mm-hmm and uh we're also going to bring in fans perspectives other than ourselves right uh like once we go to this Atlanta United game yeah uh bring content from a fan's point of view how excited they are and we're going to fantasize about uh the trophies that'll come the successes that'll come and of course the inevitable hard times that'll come and how to deal with it like uh the producer for La La Land Uh, dealt with the disappointment of the Oscars. Uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> that was very wild, but very good. Yeah. Handled, right? Well handled. We know that Fernando Torres cried, but what we really want to say is you got to have the passion to always develop, to always try to win. To overcome these hardships. O- overcomes the hardships, but you got to be strong mentally. Yeah. You got to be strong mentally against what others are saying. How you got to, you know, take out or forget what other people say and develop into this 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 man with a mission with a mindset this monster that that has this drive to win that we'd like to inspire in our girls we'd like to inspire into others and think everyone should get this have this mindset this driven mindset like Zlatan Ibrahimovic and maybe we can listen to Ibrahimovic as a message as a guide as a teacher for us to get this mentality get this understanding of becoming true love for yourself becoming a, a winner becoming this confident person and maybe we can from today carry leave everything behind and start also becoming a monster like ibrahimovic in our game Should we do it? I think so. Now there is a shift that happened. And we want to thank you guys and Slatan Ibrahimovic for it. Thank you for listening to the 7th episode of Oscotch and King Soccer Podcast Show.
I'm not, I'm a normal person. I mean, people have the image of me that I'm a, I'm a bad boy, I'm this, I'm that. People are curious, how is this Zlatan and that. I'm, I'm, I'm a family guy. I'm, I'm taking care of my family, but when I come on the pitch, I'm a lion. That's the big difference. So you can separate the two, but you're, you're well aware of the image of you. And as you know, the word that crops up the most is arrogant. But do you think that's getting less and less? I now? don't believe that uh, I'm arrogant in the way that people think. I'm confident. I have a big confidence. I believe in myself. That's, that's not being arrogant. That's something that I believe it's, a, it's an individual strength in the, in the human being. I have confidence. I believe in myself. And I have a vision. and. And I do everything, and I work hard for it, and I don't believe that's arrogant. Perhaps some people don't realise, most of, a lot of the stuff you say, you say with a big smile on your face and tongue-in-cheek. You play up to this image, so you deserve some of it. You have fun with it, don't you? I have a lot of fun with it, absolutely. I'm just being myself. I'm not pretending to be somebody I'm not. I'm not pretending to be perfect. I'll do mistakes, I did mistakes, I learned from it, but I will still repeat my mistakes. That's, that's the human, human life. Everybody does the same thing, and the one who thinks he's the most perfect guy, he will, he will fall, and he will fall very fast. So a lot, so a lot of people need to realize... It's cold in here, no? <laughs> I'll get you warmed up, don't worry. Your questions is too easy. You need to bring up the heat now. <laughs> <laughs> So come on, admit, a lot of it is an act. Dare to Zlatan, this stuff is just you having fun. I don't believe in acting because I don't get paid to get to act. I so get paid to be myself. <laughs> so I'm always myself from the first day, so I don't pretend nothing. I'm just myself and either people like it or they don't like it, I don't care because I'm not here that to, to make up an acting part. I'm here to play football, I'm here to, to win. And in the end of the career, or when you stop playing football, people remember you for what you want. scored a winning goal for Ajax all those years ago when you were just 20 you're 35 now does it get more special to win trophies the older you get exactly I think you appreciate it more the older you get in the beginning it's more like hype be more fun you don't realize what the trophy means the older I got the more mature I got the more surrounding I got by the winning mentality the more I understood that it's all about winning it's all about collecting these trophies that is what I'm doing. I think this, this was my 32 trophy and wow, I'm super happy. Wherever I went, I won. You've had a truly phenomenal season. You've scored more goals than anyone in the whole of England. Even by your high standards, has it gone better than you could have expected when you signed during the summer? No, no, this is what I predicted. I, everything I saw would happen. The only thing, the other ones didn't see it. And I came here to show them what I saw and what I would do. And I'm doing it because apparently to many I could not do it. 
my friend, I keep going. I keep doing what I'm doing every year, and I'm enjoying the game. The only thing is I'm enjoying it now in England.